Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Something Healthy. I know it's been a long time. I'm sorry. I ended up taking about eight weeks off, which I justified by saying is the regular maternity leave that most people get in America. But even though I wanted to come back sooner, I honestly don't think I could have, even though my mom is still here helping me with the baby. Um, I feel bad, like just leaving her with the baby all day. And like, even if I wanted to, I can't because I'm breastfeeding. So like my boobs will literally like hurt and like yell at me if I'm away from the baby for, or from my breast pump for more than like a couple hours. And it's like a whole shit show. Plus like there's just, you know, I mean, if you don't have a kid, you don't know. Um, and I hope that you don't have to find out unless you want to find out and have a kid, then please do that. But um, it's just not a lot of sleep. It's a lot of just trying to keep like a tiny human alive, trying to figure out what they want, what they need. Um, and I think the problem with anything, but especially public things like podcasts or any sort of public work, I used to feel this way when I was writing too. And I mean, I still feel this way about writing because I've taken so such a long break from it that anytime you take a prolonged extended leave from anything that you create that is a public work that somebody that people can consume whenever I come back I always feel self-conscious about it like super super self-conscious about it and I'm weird because I can put out like just anything garbage or just looking crazy like I don't know just I can put out a lot of stuff to an anonymous audience but as soon as I get in my head about like oh they might listen or they might hear or this person might listen then I'm like well I must not say anything at all. I cannot record anything. I'm not ready. I'm not perfect yet. It is not perfect. We can't do it. So I feel kind of self-conscious coming back to this whole podcast thing. And in my break, I started to reevaluate, obviously, as you do in any break, kind of what I want this show to be. And like, I want more guests and, you know, all this stuff. And so I almost didn't want to come back unless I could do it properly with my vision. And I don't know if I can do it properly. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys because I'm still dealing with a lot, but I'm going to try my best. Um, there's like some really smart kind of not wellness people, but just like there's really smart. There's some really smart people that I follow that have really a really good outlook on just overall health, whether it's like balancing your hormones or like, I don't know, different foods and exercise, but not in a boring way, like in a very nuanced way that you don't normally hear these topics presented in like mainstream media of just like, well, eat less calories and exercise. And that's how you lose weight. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. No. Um, so I want to have people like that on, and I'm going to have people like that on, but in the meantime, in the meantime, we're here. Um, and I really do feel like my brain has gone missing for a while. I know they say that pregnancy brain is a real thing. And I think I've talked about it before. I was definitely stupider when I was pregnant, couldn't remember shit. And now I think I am also stupider, but also more boring. Um, I had this weird interaction with a friend who we used to have like the best conversations. Um, and I like love this person. Like we, I, I love being around them. Like we would just drink and have the best conversations for like years. And we were hanging out and they were like, like, I don't know. We just weren't really talking about anything interesting. I mean, I was really tired and I think they were really tired. I don't know. It was a whole thing. But, um, our, like we were just, the conversation was like so stiff and like there was nothing new that we were talking about. We were just talking about like the same stories that we've already talked about. It was weird. But anyway, eventually they were like, sorry, like I'm so boring now. And in my mind, I'm like, bruh, like you're not boring. I'm 
boring now and not boring because I want to be, no one really wants to be boring, but boring because if I'm not having the same five thoughts about like feeding my baby or changing her or like just, you know, I don't know, baby stuff, then I'm having the same six thoughts about worrying about the future and those things I can't even really fully articulate to anybody because it's too much. It's too intense. It's too dark. It's too like, if I unload this onto you, then suddenly like, it's almost like I'm looking for you to fix it or something. And I'm not looking for you to fix it. I'm just, you know, stuck with these worries that happen to anybody, especially if you're a single mom or whatever, like just whether it's like financial stuff or like having a father for you. Like it's a lot of stuff, you know, we all carry a lot of stuff, but that's what I'm carrying right now. I'm not going to go into all of it, but anyway. Um, anyway, so they were like, I'm sorry, I'm so boring right now. And in my mind, I'm like, I am boring. Like you're not boring, but I think it's all coming to a crescendo as things love to do. Um, because my birthday is next month. And one of the recurring fears and thoughts that I keep having is like, Last year I turned 30 and that was a really big, obviously it's like a milestone birthday, but I had just bought my house. I felt like I was not in exactly where I wanted to be, not in the exact place I wanted to be, but I was getting there and the house really felt like a big milestone accomplishment for me, especially like, I don't know, I was in Atlanta, like it's a big city. It's, it kind of felt like things were coming together. And I wasn't expecting to get pregnant, obviously. Like that was not in the itinerary of like being 30. And I'm so glad that like things happened the way they did when I look back on them. And I'm so grateful for my daughter. But now I'm about to be 31. And I know billions of people have turned 31 in the past. This is not anything that special. However, something about going from 29 to 30 felt like 30 it's like you're not really in your 30s you're kind of just like touching the tip of it you're like not really there yet you know it's like you can still be like you're kind of 20 something still it's like you're just like flirting with your 30s you're not really in it um but now I'm like gonna be in my 30s like there's no way around it and I feel okay with where I am I'm at in life I mean you can always poke holes at I mean maybe you can't always poke holes at you know any position that you're at in life but I you can always find something that's wrong, but for the most part, it's like, I'm happy I have my house. I'm happy I have, I have my daughter. Like I have a decent circle of people around me. Um, you know, could there be, there are there gaps to fill in? Absolutely. But for the most part, I don't hate my life. Like I'm okay with where I'm at for my age and it's not a fucking race. Like ultimately, I mean, I would go so far as to say there isn't even a finish line because anytime I've really achieved anything, I feel like, it's not like I hit this finish line. I was like, I'm good. There's just, there's always more. And there is actually a name for that phenomenon of there always being more. Um, it's called arrival fallacy. And it's this idea that like when you arrive at a certain place, things will magically be better. Um, and I think as I've gotten older, like I have gotten rid of that and I have accepted that there is really no finish line. There is, you know, always more work. There's always more worry. And there is always like some pain sprinkled in there. And I didn't actually, I haven't watched this movie, but I came across this quote, um, actually from Jonah Hill, fashion icon. Um, and it's this show, this movie, I think, I think it's a movie it's called Stutz. And he says, there's three aspects of reality that we can't avoid pain, uncertainty, and constant work. And I mean, that's kind of dark, but it's true. And as I've gotten older, I've made peace with that. But what I have not made peace with, 
I'm realizing more and more as my birthday quickly approaches next month is turning 31. Like I feel like I just turned 30 yesterday and there's this comedian, Hannah Berber or Burner. I'm not sure what her last name is, but she has this joke and it's really funny. She's like, I just turned 30 like 13 months ago. And I literally feel like I just turned 30 11 months ago. Like, leave me alone, 31. I'm I'm 30. I'm good. And even 30, it's like this arbitrary cutoff age where I hear men talk about like, oh, I don't want a woman like that's 30. Like nobody really wants a woman once she's 30. Like she's old and like dried up, which is a fucked up thing to say and a fucked up way to think. And I think if anything just reveals that a lot of men like kind of hate women for the most part because 30 isn't really very old and most men really only begin to like just be a functioning human in society in their late 20s to like 30 ish so the fact that that's some kind of like old cutoff for women obviously isn't fair and as much as I try to ignore that mentality and that idea and it's hard to ignore sometimes because like I've gone on you know shows like Fresh and Fit which is like all they'd like to do and all they want to do is like tell you that you're like old and like shitty and nobody's gonna want you because you've like had sex before and like I don't know they just they're not there to like boost your ego as you age and are still single and then add if you're a single mom on top of that like they're not exactly there to like boost you up but as I try to ignore that mentality what I can ignore recently and I think part of it is becoming a mom and having my focus shift so much to another person and not being able to take care of myself in the way that I normally would is I feel like with this whole aging thing like shit is getting real I'm looking in the mirror now and shit is getting really real. Like my face looks different. I swear to God, my face looks different than it did even a few months ago. And I was pregnant a few months ago. So maybe it was like extra fluid retention. I don't know. But a year ago, when I look at myself a year ago, pictures, I look so different now. And it's like something has shifted And I can't quite figure out what it is, but it's like a hollowness almost, a hollowness that is not from weight loss because I haven't lost weight. I'm still 10 pounds heavier than I was this time last year. I just had a doctor's appointment last week. I was like 140 with clothes on, with clothes on. So I think I was like probably 137, but I was like 125-ish when this time last year. So anyway, it's not from weight loss, but my face looks like something is missing and it looks like something has shifted and I can't help but feel like it's just that I'm losing fullness in my face and I wanted to talk about this because I have always been that person who's said like I'm going to age gracefully I don't want any um Botox I don't want any plastic surgery like I'm just not interested I want to be like the Meryl Streep of like I don't know my circle I just want to age gracefully and like go naturally into this process of getting older. But now that it's happening to me, I'm not loving it. And as much as I don't have any interest in like competing with whatever model, Instagram model, 23 year old, TikTok star, 23 year old that is out there. It's hard for me to let go of looking like I'm in my 20s like I want to still look like I'm in my 20s I want to still look like I'm in my 20s when I'm in my 40s I don't know I feel like most of us deep down there's like a sickness buried within us and I think it's perpetuated by just like celebrities that have had so much work done 
um, that, you know, they're kind of ageless. Like they don't really age. They're 40 something like Kim Kardashian. She's 40 something, but she looks like vaguely ageless, you know? And I never even thought that much about the work that celebrities have, celebrities have had done, to be honest, in my life, because it's not just not that interesting to me. But ever since having a baby, I've realized like these bitches have had so much work done to look like that after having a baby, because the amount of work, at least physically, that I've already put in to try to like regain some semblance of my body and how I used to look pre-pregnancy I mean, I know they have personal trainers. I know they have everything, but there are just certain changes that happen to your body that you cannot really erase unless you have access to like the best lasers, the best cosmetic dermatologists, the best surgeons, like your skin is looser. There's just, there are things that happen that I thought, you know, exercise can just make you snap back and not really. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, over time, yes, but there are just so many procedures that these women have had done. So anyway, I'm realizing I have this like fucked up attachment to looking like I'm in my 20s. And now that I'm about to be 31, I feel like I need to let go of it. Whether or not I still end up looking like I'm 20 something or if I luck out and look vaguely ageless, then like praise God. But it's time to like let go of the attachment, you know? And I'm having a hard time with doing that. I think... Well, I'm not sure. Apparently, this is actually like a real phenomenon that happens. There are cosmetic dermatologists, I looked into this, that say that there are three big peaks in life, if you will, where you notice changes to your face when it comes to aging. The first one happens, allegedly, around 28 to 29 years old, and it can be up to 31 or 32. So I guess I'm experiencing it 30, 31. But you kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you notice like something, something is off and you can't quite pinpoint what it is, but it just, something is different. And then the second one happens in your late twenties to early forties. And you look in the mirror again, it's like almost overnight and you just don't really recognize yourself or like the version of yourself that you used to be. You just, you look different. It's like, you can't fix it. Makeup isn't quite doing it. You just, something's different. And then can't wait for that, by the way. And then the third one happens in your early to mid forties. Um, and where you allegedly like wake up and you don't really recognize yourself. And I think that's when you get like more kind of jowls, which is like when the skin kind of around your, um, jawline starts to hang down. And I, maybe I'm paranoid, but I'm already seeing myself like get jowls. My face just looks, I don't know. It's like something is hanging, but nothing is hanging, but I feel like something is about to hang. It's hard to explain unless you're here. I will say men are lucky because they can just grow a beard and like hide their fucking jowls. I never thought I would have jowls, but they can just grow a beard. We can't, we have to just like, I don't know, get a facelift or do a lot of gua sha exercises. You know, the like Korean or Japanese, like skincare massage thing or just do something. But, um, yeah, there are those three, those are the three stages in your life where you do notice a shift when it comes to visibly aging. And as much as it's okay to look your age, I don't really know how to say this without sounding like a bitch, but like, it's only okay to look your age until your age starts getting up there. You know, like people say, oh, it's okay to look your age, but is it really at a certain point? Nobody really wants to at a certain point. And I think that certain point is just different depending on who you are. I'm sorry if that doesn't make sense. I'm drinking a Topo Chico heart seltzer ranch water because they're my new um, vice. 
and I have had half of one. Um, they're 4.7% alcohol. I've had half of one and I feel a little bit drunk um, because I have literally no alcohol tolerance <laughs> anymore. But um, my point is nobody wants to look old and that's both for like physical attractive reasons. Nobody wants to look like grandma, but also I think because at least for me, and this is one other thing that I've been struggling with a lot as I've been looking at myself in the mirror and just being like, who the fuck is this person? Like, I don't know if it's because I also just got my hair cut and I'm doing away with the hair extensions that I've been addicted to for years um, or what, but like more so even than the physicalities of aging is the emotional baggage that comes with it and the stereotypes that manifest alongside that emotional baggage. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, that stereotype of, I used to really believe this when I was in my early twenties and I was in a serious relationship. Um, and I would sit at home and I would watch Netflix and drink wine. And that was my idea of like a fun night. Um, I didn't really go out when I was in my early twenties until I was like 24 from 20 to 24. I didn't go out. Not that I needed to. I went out a lot when I was like in my late teens and made up for it yet again, once we broke up and I was single, like after I was 24. But when I, from when I was 20 to 24, I used to have this like really, um, misconstrued idea that like, my staying in and my drinking wine on the couch every night was the equivalent of maturity. And I think a lot of people still believe that. And I think even now being a mom, there is a very easy trap to fall into of like, oh, mom life, like I'm old and I'm mature and I just stay in and mind my business. And there's maybe some truth to that. There's some parts of aging where you realize you don't need to be in every mix. You don't need to be out every night. You don't need to be at every party. You don't need to be at every big event. And I I do feel that to some extent, but there's also a really dangerous component of that ideology that I think can happen where you believe that staying in and minding your business and watching Netflix and drinking your wine on the couch every night is the equivalent of like, living your life. And once you do that for a prolonged period of time, like I did, you will realize that in doing so in doing that routine, almost every night, you also stop making new memories. Like you stop living your life in a way where you can look back on it and have engaging, exciting new things to talk about and to remember and to like reminisce on and new stories to tell. Like you stop actively living and you start like passively just kind of driving in, I don't know, automatic whatever mode. And I think now, especially with becoming a mom recently and having lived a version of that life before of like, I'm in and I'm mature and like, Ooh, Netflix and chill or wine or whatever. I think that's actually one of my biggest fears now is like becoming that again, not even because I want to, but because now there's like a tiny human that depends on me and like, it's harder to go out and I feel bad. I feel bad leaving my mom with my baby and I feel bad leaving my baby alone. And I feel there's so many different emotions that come with just leaving the house now that never existed before. And I know I'll find a happy medium with it. And I know that happy medium would be much easier to find if I also had like a spouse that we could share the, the workload 
the childcare workload or even like somebody who like we, if we could afford childcare, I don't know, it would just be different if there was another person involved, but there isn't. And I have this fear of like, I'm going to fall into being this person that my most exciting times of the week are when I like go to Costco and I don't know, like watch a show on fucking Hulu. Like I refuse to, to live that kind of like slow death life. And I know that probably sounds dramatic and also like a luxury. Like, first of all, it's a luxury to get older. And second of all, it's a fucking luxury to be able to go to Costco and buy a bunch of great food and like sit on your comfortable couch in your comfortable home like that you oh like these are great things to have as problems, obviously. But also they are suffocating in a way. And it's different, I guess, when you have kids because there are other things that are milestones in your life that you look back on as memories. And those mil- they're just not about you anymore. It's like, oh, my baby said her first word or like today we tried avocado for the first time or like, you know, it's her first Valentine's Day, which is tomorrow, which I'm trying to ignore because I'm going to be completely alone. And I mean, I just don't care that it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. But like everything is a first when you have a child that's a baby. Like every day is their first day of something. So it's not like nothing is happening. But in terms of your own life and what you're doing, it's different. And there is kind of like a slow death component, I think, that comes into the fold when you fall into the trap of thinking that staying in your house is the mature thing to do. And I'm just really talking about this because I'm trying to navigate it myself. Um, I think for the last few years, I have ignored the fact that I was kind of older than I wanted to be for where I maybe was in my life. And I've had, I have friends that are in their forties and I have friends that are fucking 21. Like, I don't know. Now I just feel that confronting it is inevitable. And I'm just trying to sort through where I fit into this whole being in your thirties thing without also being too desperate about it. Because there is, um, I think a tone that women in their thirties can acquire, if you will, where you do come off as desperate. And there are a lot of things that I could say that would make me seem very desperate. Like even last night, it was the Super Bowl and Rihanna performed and she's pregnant again. And she just had a baby last year. And my first thought when I saw that literally was like, I would do the same. I would do the same. I would do the same because Rihanna's 34. Um, until you're 35, you know, that's considered like a regular pregnancy. After that, you're considered a, ger- a geriatric pregnancy, which is fucked up. But, you know, your body stops. Allegedly, everyone's different. But that's kind of like when things start to turn around a little bit. And I mean, Rihanna's a billionaire. I'm pretty sure she is very secure. Like, just ha- fuck it. Have another kid. Fuck it. Give your baby a sibling. Fuck it. I literally would do the same. And when I saw that, I almost felt like not jealous because like I don't want another baby this minute. My body needs to heal still. And I have like a two month old, but there was like a twinge of almost like jealousy in me of like, damn, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could plan for that soon. And I can't obviously because there's for many reasons. Um, And if I said that, if I said that in anything other than this podcast, in the context that I just said it in, it would sound so desperate. I mean, it probably still does, but 
you know, you just, you don't want to seem too thirsty for like anything. You just don't. It's just not, it's not the way that we are going about our lives. Um, if anyone who's listening follows the wiz, the, oh my God, I can't speak. I'm sorry. If anyone who's listening follows the wizard Liz, um, you know, she would not approve of desperation. She's very into like kind of quiet manifestation and, you know, femininity and just a deeper understanding of the ways that the world works. She's kind of like a more calm version of Andrew Tate for women. I love her. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about aging right now. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for my 31st birthday. Um, I'm going to ignore that I'm 31. I think I am just going to stay 30 for the next few years. If anybody asks, we'll see. Um, Not that I have to decide right away what I'm doing, obviously. So we'll see. And I don't want to turn this podcast into like an anti-aging hacks podcast. But since we are on the topic of aging gracefully, I do feel like I have some tips to share or some kind of kernel of wisdom to hopefully give somebody. Um, and some of these things are obvious, obviously, like consume less processed foods, stay away from alcohol and drugs if you can. And if you do drink alcohol, like, I mean, I've, I've had too many drinks in my life, but don't drink the don't drink the cheap stuff. Don't drink the sugary stuff and try and take some, some nights off. Don't drink every night. Don't drink every day. Obviously. Um, when I see people that drink every day, I feel so bad for them almost like I just, it just kills your body. Like it does. And you'll get fatty liver disease. And I mean, like the, you're essentially like damaging your own DNA and it's, it's just bad. So try not to just enjoy alcohol. It's such a weird subject now. I feel like there's so many people that are even going like completely sober just out of choice. Like they're not even alcoholics or anything. They're just choosing to not drink. And after being sober for almost a year now, um, cause I was pregnant and I've only just barely started drinking. Like I have one drink every few days lately and that's just because I bought a case of this fucking Topo Chico ranch seltzer but um I haven't I've been drunk once since I got pregnant since I got got pregnant since I had Sunday like I've I've drank to the point of being like tipsy slash drunk one time and that's because I am paranoid that the alcohol is going into the breast milk and I also just like I mean I have no reason I'm not going to be getting drunk at my house. Um, and I also just have a slightly different relationship with alcohol now because I was sober for so long out of necessity. Um, but I do, I do think that there's a way to enjoy alcohol, like that it adds to your life. I do. I really enjoy drinking, not in like a problematic way, I hope, but just like having a drink at the right moment is like a beautiful thing. And there's really not much else that substitutes for it. But just don't drink too much. Um, eat healthy foods that you cook at home, which sounds so trite. Obviously, everybody says that. But like, at least when you're cooking at home, you know what's in your food. Even when you like get a salad from like sweet green or like get healthy food from whatever health chain is in your is in your city or is in your state. Like a lot of that stuff isn't even necessarily the best for you. When you're cooking at home, at least you actually know what you're eating, you know where it came from, at least to the extent that like your grocery store or wherever you buy your food will tell you where it came from. Um, And also it's just like 
better for from a consumption standpoint like if you cook your own meals you are less likely to gorge on something versus like if you order takeout all the time and it comes in these like giant portions and you have you know all this extra leftover and might as well eat it all I don't know just um something to keep in mind also on the topic of eating I personally think that eating lots of good fats is actually really great for your skin and really great for anti-aging um, or like embracing your aging, but in a way that, you know, looks good and makes you feel good. Like hemp hearts actually are such a secret weapon, I think, of just nutrition. Like they have so much magnesium in them. They have so many good fats, so many omega-3s, so much protein, so much fiber. I try to eat two tablespoons of hemp hearts every day now. Um, and that's because I'm breastfeeding and I feel like eating lots of good fats is like ending up in the breast milk too. Um, and also walnuts, they also have lots of magnesium, which is so important for like muscle function and your nerves and everything. Um, just good fats. I feel like they literally plump your skin. I used to have this idea for a business called plump and it was like a kind of anti-aging slash like just health supplement line. And it was, it was supposed, it was like supposed to be like a collagen based supplement. It would like plump up your skin and it was going to have lots of good fats in it. But I think that market is too oversaturated. And that was something that was going to happen many years ago. And I don't think plump is going to come to fruition anytime soon. Um, but on the topic of supplements, take your supplements. A lot of people say that supplements are bullshit. I disagree. Um, I take so many vitamins every day. I take a lot of vitamin D. I take a lot of zinc. I don't take magnesium because I eat um, walnuts and hemp hearts. But if you don't get enough in your diet, it's so important. Um, also, collagen is so good for like your gut health and for skin elasticity. I started taking it when I was pregnant. When I was like in my third trimester, I was like, fuck it. I might as well try. Hopefully this helps me. And I think it really did because my skin, like where I had my baby bump is still loose. Like it's looser than it was, but it's not that bad compared to what I thought it would be. And I feel like a lot of that has to be attributed to the fact that I've just been like religiously eating collagen powder, um, for months now. I, I haven't stopped taking it. I take it every day. Uh, and it's also really good for your gut health, um, which everybody knows who follows any influencer on the fucking planet that gut health is the key. And as much as I'm so sick of every fucking TikToker promoting some bullshit ass gut health supplement, um, there are things that are important. Like, I won't even say go to a doctor because doctors actually don't know anything. Most doctors don't know shit about nutrition, but like a good active probiotic, collagen, things, there are things that help your gut health, um, prebiotics, stuff like that. And then also this is something that I feel like when you have a kid is so difficult to actually do properly, but like sleep, well, when you have a newborn, sleep is so important when it comes to aging well and just like restoring your body and having a properly functioning mind and body. There are so many studies that show that people who don't get enough sleep have higher rates of heart disease and just like premature death, essentially. And on that note, people used to roast me so much for walking. When I used to live in Toronto, I would walk 
everywhere. Like I never had a car until I lived in Atlanta, even when I used to live in New York, like, but in New York, I didn't have as many friends. So people didn't really know how far I would walk, but I walked so far in New York. I used to literally walk from Queens. I lived in Ridgewood, Queens. I used to walk from Queens to Manhattan because I didn't want to pay for the subway. I couldn't spend the $3. I literally, I swear to God, I would walk from Ridgewood, which is on the border of Brooklyn. So it's not like I was in deep Queens, but still I would walk from Queens to Manhattan. And there's a part of Brooklyn um, Bushwick. There's like a stretch of Bushwick that's super industrial. And there's like the gentrified clubs that kind of open up at night. And then the rest of it is like literally just like shitty warehouses that make like plastic bags. And there's like, I don't know, like fumes and like leaking like chemicals on the ground. And I would like walk through that to get to Manhattan because one, I was like, I can do this. Like I don't mind the exercise and also like I didn't want to pay for the subway because I literally had no fucking money. Um, so I have walked so much in my life and my old roommate in Toronto used to make so much fun of me for it because I would get like 20,000 steps a day and just, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it honestly. And there are studies that show that walking literally adds years to your life. Like just Google walking adds years to your life study. There's like dozens of studies that just prove that it's actually very good for you. Like as much as it might not feel as effective as some crazy cardio workout or like some expensive Pilates class, it over the long term, if you do it consistently, it's super good for you. And it's honestly one of the things that I miss the most from living in a city like New York or Toronto. Um, in Atlanta, nobody walks. Everybody drives everywhere. You look crazy if you walk anywhere in this fucking city. And I'm kind of just starting to feel like I don't know if the driving lifestyle is for me long term. I don't know. I like, you know, I like driving here and there. I like the convenience of it, but I really, really miss just being able to get up and walk outside without looking like a crazy person, which is how you look when you walk in Atlanta in like most neighborhoods other than just like downtown. And even downtown is like really shitty. So I wouldn't even walk there. But anyway, I know people also always say like skincare and sunscreen, which kind of feeds into skincare and all of that as well when it comes to anti-aging, but, um, or not anti-aging. Let me, let me not use that term anymore. Aging gracefully. Um, but I honestly don't really believe in sunscreen. I I only really use it if I'm like going to be spending all day in the sun, like going to the beach or something like that. I, I don't wear it every day, all day. It's just like another chemical layer added to your skin every day. I like to let my skin breathe. Um, I know that's controversial. Don't listen to me. If you feel differently, do your own research. Um, but I just feel like getting vitamin D from the sun is good for you. And for actually thousands of years, now I'm going to sound like some conspiracy theorist. Let me put my tinfoil hat on, but for thousands of years, um, so many different civilizations have looked at the sun as like the ultimate life force and the ultimate like healing energy. And the fact that now in modern society, we choose to block that out almost completely um, is weird to me. I mean, be smart about it. Don't go fry yourself, but I, I, I don't wear sunscreen every day. Sorry. Um, but I don't know, skincare, it's like boring, but do that, I guess. But ultimately I think it's more of a, a mentality. Aging gracefully is more of a mentality and whether or not you adopt it gradually or if it's 
an inevitable part of getting older where, you know, your worldview just inevitably shifts. I'm not sure. Maybe it's both. I am just going to try and continue to figure it out. And I think um, there is kind of like, if I'm being completely honest, I'll leave it here because I don't feel like, I don't know what else to say about this. But I do think that there's like this fake idea that I've completely, totally bought into as well of like, okay, by X age, I need to do this, this, and this. And like, for me, it was like, okay, I need to buy a house. I want to have kids. Like I want to get married. Obviously that's a big fucking question mark still of when will that happen? Cause I can't do that one myself. But, um, and also the kids thing, like that wasn't, you know, anyway, we know the story. Um, but I do almost regret sometimes when I look back at last year, I regret the pressure I felt when I was about to turn 30 and the rush that I was in to buy my house to feel like I had accomplished something concrete because ultimately I don't want to get super existential and be like, nothing is concrete because that's not true. But like, I do feel like I kind of rushed into it in some ways and Markets are always changing, you know, things in your life are always changing. Like what you want out of life almost is always changing, at least if you're anything like me. And I felt so much pressure last year to have done something solid or like something like real, like something that was, you know, a real life milestone that, you know, it's too late to have regrets, but I am just going to be more cautious as I go forward through my 30s to not, you know, hastily rush into something because I feel like I should, because I feel like I'm at the age where I should do it. I'm going to try and be as deliberate and like conscious about every choice, every major choice that I make from here on out instead of just feeling like, okay, I'm X age, so I should do this that's really the only piece of wisdom that I have (laughs) going into my thirties to be completely honest. But other than that, I'm probably just going to keep looking at myself in the mirror, like what the fuck is going on and deliberating, (laughs) debating, um, some kind of filler, but I'm too pussy to really get fillers and I don't really want them. So I don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to, we're going to take it one day at a time. We're going to take it one day at a time. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Good night.